Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. As we've been noting throughout the program today, Russia continues to escalate tension at the Ukrainian border. This morning, U.S. Secretary of State. Antony Blinken met with his Russian counterpart, Russia's foreign minister, uh, Sergei Lavrov, uh, in hopes of a chance to continue the diplomatic possibility of a resolution and to ease the tension there at the border in some way. What's going on? Uh, are there negotiations being made? Really interesting. Uh, Secretary Blinken, uh, following that meeting uh, with the Russian foreign minister, uh, was very specific to say these were not negotiations. Uh, these were conversations and messages delivered uh, from President Biden. Uh, that's very interesting to me that this was not about a negotiation process. This was, uh, I think, more very firm statements in terms of if this happens, then this will happen. Uh, making sure Russia is very clear-eyed in terms of what the U.S.'s position will be, what that will mean for Ukraine as well. Uh, following the meeting, Secretary Blinken uh, went on the circuit a little bit, uh, went to many of the, the different uh, national outlets. He started it with ABC's George Stephanopoulos, uh, who interviewed Secretary Blinken, and he asked uh, this about what he had to say uh, just to give us some sense of what the morning meeting was like with his Russian counterpart. We didn't anticipate there'd be any breakthroughs, but uh, what we were doing is testing whether there is still a path forward for diplomacy, for dialogue, to resolve a a crisis that Russia has created by amassing uh, 100,000 forces on on Ukraine's border and threatening uh, to renew its aggression against Ukraine. Uh, And so in the last uh, couple of weeks, we've been engaged in intense uh, diplomacy, including conversations with Russia, uh, uh, directly with the United States, at at NATO, uh, at the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe. Uh, among uh, allies and partners. And based on that, President Biden asked me to meet uh, today with uh, my Russian counterpart, uh, Foreign Minister Lavrov, uh, to uh, see if there is a path forward for uh, diplomacy and dialogue to resolve uh, this, uh, this potential crisis and uh, to see where we were. And that's exactly what we did today. Uh, we had an opportunity to um, uh, look at uh, where, we can, where we can go next uh, in this. And I think we uh, at least have some opportunity uh, to continue to work to resolve this diplomatically. Stephanopoulos went on to ask Secretary Blinken a, a very point blank question. Are we actually closer to war? You'd really have to ask uh, President Putin. It, it's, it's ultimately uh, uh, going to be uh, President Putin who decides what, uh, what Russia will do. But here's where we are. Um, based on uh, what we've heard in the, the last couple of weeks, uh, we will put uh, in writing uh, both uh, some deep concerns that we and other uh, allies and partners have about Russia's actions, uh, not just with regard to Ukraine, but more broadly when it comes to things that it does that threaten security. Uh, we'll uh, address some of the concerns that Russia has raised with us, uh, and we'll put some ideas uh, on the table for how we might actually um, uh, strengthen each other's sense of security 
uh, going forward. And then based on that uh, and uh, based on Russia's response, we anticipate that we'll get together again um, uh, across the table and see if we continue to, to, to advance this through diplomacy. Secretary Blinken assured any Russian aggression will have enormous consequences from the U.S. and from our European allies. We're also very conscious that Russia continues to have these forces on uh, Ukraine's border. It continues uh, to, uh, to strengthen them. Uh, it continues to take steps that are escalatory, not de-escalatory. And we will continue uh, to do what we've been doing, which is building a very strong, uh, united uh, response from uh, allies and partners to any renewed Russian aggression. Uh, it's very clear, and I made that clear again today to Minister Lavrov, that any renewed aggression will face massive consequences uh, and uh, coming from, from us, uh, from Europe uh, and other uh, allies and partners. Uh, and so there are basically two paths ahead. Uh, one is through diplomacy uh, and dialogue. Uh, the other is uh, Russian aggression uh, that will have serious consequences. Of course, over the last 48 hours since President Biden made his remarks in terms of small incursions into the Ukraine from Russia, what that would mean versus uh, an all-out uh, invasion of the country, uh, Secretary Blinken obviously had to walk some of that back and uh, also had to be firm in terms of what kind of action Russia can expect if their forces do enter the Ukraine. We've been very clear uh, with Russia that uh, any Russian forces uh, going into Ukraine uh, constitute uh, an invasion that will be um, uh, receiving a very swift, united uh, and severe response. At the same time, based on, uh, on history, uh, we're acutely aware of other things that Russia does, uh, short of actually sending uniforms uh, into another country uh, to try to uh, destabilize it, topple its government, hybrid actions, uh, cyber attacks, uh, etc. I made equally clear to, to Minister Lavrov that we will respond to those too uh, in a swift, severe and united way, uh, but that is uh, uh, proportionate to what, uh, what Russia does. So I think that's really interesting that he broke that down just a little bit. Uh, and I think this is important, too, because as the secretary mentioned, it's not just sending forces into Ukraine that could really cause havoc. Uh, he talked historically of other things that Russia has done to destabilize its neighbors, uh, topple uh, and you know go after the, the government in terms of sowing seeds of division within the country, uh, hybrid actions, cyber attacks, all of those things have been in especially Vladimir Putin's wheelhouse in terms of ways to cause problems and, and uh, really try to you know create havoc again throughout Europe. And so I thought that was interesting that uh, the secretary would address those in that way and that he also kind of hedged a little bit and said, well, well, we'll respond proportionately to what Russia does. And that was the part uh, I thought the secretary had done a good job of kind of handling and maneuvering through a lot of the uh, the landmines, so to speak, in terms of the uh, the relationship side of foreign relations uh, and uh, navigating some of the minefields in terms of what's happening here in the United States in terms of reaction to the president's uh, words. But this idea that we will just respond proportionately to what Russia does, uh, really putting it in Russia's court. This was interesting. Uh, Fox News White House correspondent Jackie Heinrich uh, shouted a question uh, to President Biden as reporters were leaving the room. Uh, she asked, why are you waiting on Putin to make the first move? 
the president was uh, none too amused by the question. Are you waiting on to make the first move, sir? A little hard to to pick up there. Uh, So the reporter asked, why are you waiting on Putin to make the first move, sir? And President Biden, uh, clearly a little bit ruffled and and irritated, said, what a stupid question. Uh, This, of course, uh, unleashed the Twitterverse and many of the social media channels uh, talking about, wait a minute, uh, that's not a stupid question. Uh, Why are we waiting for Vladimir Putin to make the first move? And are we doing things to be strategic in all of that? ABC's reporter in Ukraine, uh, Ian Panel, uh, says that Ukrainians are more worried about the escalation from the West uh, than they are actually from Russia. Take a listen to this. The Ukrainians here are worried that Washington and Europe are being played by Putin into talking up a crisis and they don't feel that it is one. The Ukrainian minister of defense saying the civilized world is still playing chess with Russia, but Russia is playing poker with you. Uh, I think that's such a, a fascinating way to frame that whole thing. Uh, and so there is much more that we're going to have to watch and keep our eye on as it relates to the Ukraine uh, and Russia, whether it's an incursion, an invasion, whether it's a cyber attack, whether it's uh, sowing other seeds of division or toppling the government in some way from an internal perspective. There's all kinds of things that could happen. And what America does and how the U.S. stands, again, this is one of the things that the president ran on, that the United States would be a force for good in the world, that we would be respected among all of our allies around the world. And I think right now it is more reaction. Uh, Even former Press Secretary uh, Robert Gibbs, a Democratic uh, spokesperson in the White House, and he said that his biggest worry is that it seems that the administration is not shaping events, but is being shaped by them. In other words, they're reacting to things that are happening not just in Russia and Ukraine, but in other issues around the world, rather than shaping the narrative, shaping the vision, shaping the strategy, uh, and then working to execute it. So all eyes uh, watching the Biden administration. This was a top priority, reestablishing America as a trusted partner in the world. I think uh, what happens in the Ukraine will demonstrate uh, whether that is happening uh, or whether it is not, uh, with big ramifications uh, in so many places around the world. Uh, and then finally, one other thing just to keep in mind uh, as we're going through all of this is that we have to remember that in the United States, we've been buying Russian oil products. Last week, 1.5 million barrels from the Black and Baltic Seas landed in Texas and Louisiana. Uh, so interesting that in the midst of all this negotiation and positioning and posturing with Russia, Uh, We're bringing in a lot of their oil, uh, which is also going to be one more interesting component and dynamic to a very complicated situation. We're going to step aside for one last commercial break. When we come back, final thoughts. It's quitting day. You want to quit? Find out why you shouldn't. Coming up next. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind 
only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com. Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.